Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And, of course, all of our programming is available in podcast form if you'd like to uh, download the programs and listen to them at uh, a convenient time. Jesus Christ came to this earth to confirm, and that means establish the certainty of, the promises that were made to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Quite a few spectacular promises were made to them, and Christ came to confirm those. And we see this if we look at Romans 15. So we have a few passages today, and if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out so we could look at these together and see what the Word of God has to say on this topic. Romans 15 and verse 8. It says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. So that's what Romans says, that Christ confirmed the promises made unto the fathers, unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So how did Christ do that? How did he do that? How did he confirm the promises made to the fathers? Remember, those promises include eternal life, They include eternal life and the inheritance of this earth. How did he confirm those promises? Well, simply Christ had to make a way for mankind to be able to be born of spirit and enter the kingdom of God. We can't obtain these spiritual promises unless we enter the kingdom of God. There has to be a change from physical to spiritual. And Christ made that possible. So let's notice some specifics. First, let's see who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And as we look at this, what we're seeing is how necessary Christ's sacrifice was and how he confirmed those promises. You can note 1 John 3 and verse 4 if you'd like to. And that defines sin. You know, people talk about sin, I suppose, occasionally, (laughs) not as much maybe as they used to. But uh, if you hear somebody talk about sin, that can have a variety of meanings to different people, I suppose. What is sin? What isn't sin? Well, the Bible defines it, 1 John 3 and verse 4. It defines sin as the transgression of God's law. Simply put, if a person transgresses God's law, doesn't keep God's law, they've sinned. That's the sin. Notice what it says in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Here it talks about those people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not receive these promises. Ephesians 5 and verse 5. It says, For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So here it's talking about sins. And again, it lists out several, but it could be any sin. If somebody's sinning, and they're not repenting, and they're not changing, 
They won't be in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will not have sin in it. We clearly see that a sinner will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, who has sinned? Well, Romans 3 tells us. Look at Romans 3 and verse 23. It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the exception being Jesus Christ. He's the only human being that never sinned. So, if we were just to stop here, this would be pretty bleak, wouldn't it? Because a sinner can't inherit the kingdom of God, and Romans 3 clearly shows that all have sinned. So that's pretty bleak, if that's all there is. But remember, we're looking at this in relation to how Christ confirmed the promises made to the fathers. See, now we need to talk about this essential key of Christ's sacrifice. Notice this quote in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's a free course, and you can get that at thetrumpet.com. Sign up for that, and um, I'd recommend that you do so. But it says, God is creator of the entire universe. He is also the great lawgiver. Whoever is not obedient to his law commits sin. And we just read that. It says, and the penalty of sin is eternal death. Since all have sinned, all have come under the same penalty. If each one of us were to pay the penalty of our own sins, None could receive eternal life. None could inherit the promises made to the fathers. It wouldn't be possible. But thankfully, Christ came. He confirmed these promises because he sacrificed himself. He laid his life down so that man could be forgiven of sin. Christ's sacrifice gives us great hope. Without that, we don't have any hope. But that sacrifice gives us great hope. And so, of course, we don't want to take that sacrifice for granted, but we have to understand how important it is so that we put the proper importance on it. Without Christ's sacrifice, we have no hope because all have sinned. Notice this in Romans 5, and we'll look at verses 8 through 10. It says, But God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so it's important to always remember that God's plan begins with the sacrifice there of Christ, his plan of salvation. It begins with that sacrifice. It doesn't end there. It's the beginning because we're reconciled to God the Father. And then we're saved by his life, the resurrected Christ, living in us, living in those who have God's Holy Spirit, who are called and baptized and are led by the Spirit Christ. His mind is in those people through the power of God's Spirit, the mind of Christ, as it says in Philippians 2 and verse 5. Let that mind be in you. Christ has to come in our flesh and direct us through the power of God's Spirit. And then we're saved by his life in us. 
right? We need to be changing and growing and repenting and conquering sin, but those sins have to be forgiven. And Christ's sacrifice allows for those sins to be forgiven. God the Father made all things through Christ, who was the Word at that time. And because Christ is our God and Maker, Jesus' physical life is worth more than all of our lives combined. He could pay the penalty of sin for all of us. That's how come his sacrifice pays the penalty, because he is our creator. His life is worth more than all of our lives put together, and he sacrificed his life so that we could be forgiven of sin, we could be reconciled to the Father, and then he needs to live in us through the power of God's Spirit. So in other words, we live as Christ lived, and Christ perfectly obeyed his Father, and we have to be growing to be that way as well. But, you know, without Christ's sacrifice, these promises wouldn't be confirmed. Abraham wouldn't live again. Moses wouldn't live again. David wouldn't live again. You and I would die and we would have no future. There would be no future for anybody without this monumental sacrifice of Christ. That's how he confirmed these promises that he made to Abraham and then he made to Isaac and to Jacob. Notice again the correspondence course. It says, So by dying, Jesus was able to pay the penalty of death for all the sins of all mankind. Christ confirmed the promises God made to Abraham by preaching the gospel of the kingdom and then by dying for our sins. His death for our sins and subsequent resurrection make it possible for us to receive eternal life. See, Christ's sacrifice is so vital, it's so important. And that's how come he could preach the kingdom of God, because his sacrifice opened up the way to the kingdom of God, to the family of God. He could preach the gospel, that good news of the soon-coming kingdom and family of God, because he was going to make the ultimate sacrifice to open up that path for mankind to enter into the God family. It's remarkable. I mean, we... We can't put enough emphasis on how important Christ's sacrifice was and is. And then his life is in us through the power of God's Spirit. It's everything. Without that, there'd be no hope. There'd be no hope for anyone. So it's just it's hard to even put into words how important it is, but hopefully we're you know, understanding it more as we go. In the Bible, of course, it shows us that we have our part in inheriting the kingdom of God. You know, Christ did the part that we can't do, but we have our part to do. And we see this in Acts 2. If you'd like to look at Acts 2, if you've got a Bible, or if not, you could always look it up later. Acts 2 and verse 38. It says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's what people were instructed to do there at that first Pentecost. And that instruction applies today as well. When God calls somebody, they say, oh, what, what do I do? What do I have to do? And here's that answer. It's repent and be baptized. And then we receive God's Holy Spirit, a little bit of it, a down, down payment. And try to uh, use it effectively. And as we do, we, we have more of it flowing in our lives. 
So once we're called by God the Father and God has to do that calling, you can see that in John 6 and verse 44, then we must repent and be baptized. And then here Romans 8 and verse 9 shows us that when we receive the Spirit of God after baptism and the laying on of the hands of God's true ministers, then we belong to Christ. We belong to Christ. And we should let the Spirit of God direct our thinking and direct our actions. And belonging to Christ is a wonderful thing. Notice what happens when we belong to Christ. This is in Galatians 3. Galatians 3 and verse 29, it says, And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, God's plan is inclusive. It's open to all who are called and choose God's way, and ultimately everybody after the return of Christ will have their minds open. They'll be able to understand God's truth and and uh, apply it and live by it, and they won't have to battle against Satan's influence at that time. See, that pathway will be opened, and it won't matter the race. It won't matter the you know, if a male or female. All who are Christ are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The correspondence course says, whether we are direct descendants of Abraham or not, we must become Christ's. Christians, right? Become Christ's in order to eventually receive eternal inheritance. This inheritance goes far beyond, you know, something in this physical life, although there are uh, elements to that, uh, um, those promises as well, and you can read more about that in the United States and Britain in prophecy. That's a free book of the trumpet.com. There are nations that are very blessed today because of Abraham's obedience. But these promises then extend out, they're eternal promises, and they extend to all who will obey God. Notice Hebrews 9. This, this one's an, an interesting passage, and we'll uh, discuss it here a little bit because it, it's a little, um, I suppose, wordy as you read through it uh, just uh, from verse 15 to verse 17. But we'll, we'll read it, and then we'll talk about it. Hebrews 9, verses 15 through 17, relating to Christ and, and what he did, it, said, it says, And for this cause he, Christ, is the mediator. Of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. You know, so we're called and uh, are baptized and let God direct us through the power of His Spirit and Christ live in us in that way. We are heirs. Verse 16 For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For, verse 17, a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator lives. And so this is legal talk here <laughs> that Paul's getting into. He's discussing how things work. The course says Christ left a will, a testament, and through his word, he teaches us what we must do to become co-heirs with him of the promise of eternal inheritance in the kingdom of God. But a testament or a will is of no effect until the one making it dies. And I think we understand that. I mean, we, there are wills that people make today quite commonly. And 
you know, it says, okay, on my death, I want my assets given to this person and that person and so on and so forth. But while that person who made the will is still alive, it, it, it doesn't get paid out, right? It's, it's payable upon death. Well, Christ had to die. He paid the penalty so that we could be inheritors. We could be inheritors. It says, but a testament or will is of no effect until the one making it dies. So Christ died that we might inherit the promises through him. But he lives today at the Father's right hand, ready to intercede for us. See, Christ is there with his Father, and he intercedes for us. He helps us. He encourages us. And we need that encouragement. And he needs to be living in us for us to really be growing and developing the way that we need to be. And that's done through the power of God's Spirit. And you can see more about that in, in Hebrews 7 and verse 25, that he's interceding. He's our intercessor. You know, he goes to the Father and he says, look, um, here's what so-and-so is going through. I was a human too. I know what that experience is like and it's not easy. And I want to give you that perspective so that when you're deciding how to work with this, um, you know, you've got the full picture. And then Christ can do that because he was a human being and he was tested in every point like we are he was tested yet he never sinned but i mean if you feel pain well christ felt pain clearly right if you uh are going through a a difficult trial it could be anything you know christ knows he understands what it's like to be a human he knows what it's like to endure some difficult things and do it without sin so he's there to give the father that perfect understanding and picture of what it's like to be a human. I mean, it's it's amazing what Jesus Christ and God the Father do for us. It says, but of course we need we need Christ to be to be um, interceding for us. The quote continues to help us to give us strength so that we can overcome sin and inherit the glorious promises of God at the resurrection. We need Christ to help us and to give us strength. We have to be overcoming sin. See, we have a part in this. We have a part in it. We have to be overcoming sin. We have to be obeying God's laws. And we can do that through the power of God's Spirit in Christ helping us in that way. So again, as we read there in Romans 15 and verse 8, Christ confirmed the promises made unto the fathers. He confirmed them. He established the certainty of those promises. Everything promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Those eternal promises, they're certain. Christ established the certainty of them. He confirmed them by coming to this earth, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and then dying, being a sacrifice, being a sacrifice for mankind. Christ was able to pay the penalty of death for all the sins of all mankind, and so doing, open up a path to salvation. Open up a path for man to go from flesh and blood mortal into the eternal kingdom of God. It's amazing what, what Christ did. So hopefully that gives us more understanding of what it means when we read that Christ confirmed the promises made unto the fathers. 
we can read over that pretty quickly and maybe not think too much about it. But there's so much depth and so much understanding in it. And of course, and we have our part to play as well, letting Christ God indirect us through the power of God's Holy Spirit, letting him live in us so that we can inherit those eternal promises made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It's amazing. It's amazing truth. You can read more about this in the United States and Britain in Prophecy, also Mystery of the Ages and the Incredible Human Potential. There's a lot more insight also in the New Throne of David booklet, which is available at thetrumpet.com as well. And, of course, the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. All this literature is free. It's at thetrumpet.com, and it's there as a public service, an educational service, and it's already been paid for. So please take advantage of it. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.